Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Element City Church. We are so glad to have you here and have you join us online. Uh, we would love to invite you. If you are kind of new around here, I already met a couple new people. Uh, we've got a free app in your app store called Element City Church. There you go. It's pretty easy. Uh, but if you would download that, that's an easy way to stay connected with us. There's lots of different things you can find on there. Like, uh, uh, let's say this week, you could take a walk like I did this morning, and you want to listen to the playlist of so many songs that we do around here. That's what I got to do and worship along. And so that's one way you can do that. You can get back to old sermons. You can fill out connection cards, which is, if you're new, we'd love for you to fill out the connection card. If you're new online, it's in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that you're watching right now. You can fill that out and kind of kind of get a ball rolling on connecting with us. If you're here, you can download the app or you can just text the word hello to our text number, which is 520-340-6868. Text the word hello. There'll be a couple other quick texts to you and then we'll be able to follow up with you over the next four or five weeks just to kind of help you. We know it's kind of hard connecting to a new place and so that's a way for us to follow up with you. You can respond to us and I promise we won't spam you in that. So a couple different things to let you know about. We'll hit them again at the end but uh, Serve Sunday is coming up February 13th because that is Super Bowl Sunday and so we're going to serve in the morning. There's different ways. We're looking for 30 people to help us serve at uh, Gospel Rescue Mission and so if you want to be one of those 30 you can sign up in the app. Just go to events Scroll down to Serve Sunday. You can find out all the information there. Register right from there. Uh, that's a great way for you to be uh, connected with us. We're also decentralizing. So it's a great way for you to maybe meet some people around you and say, hey, let's go serve together or in your e-group or your discipleship group, which we've got happening around here. So you'll hear more about that, but just kind of whetting your appetite for those things. So again, thanks for being here with us. Why don't you stand up if you're here in the house? We're going to pray and start our evening into worship. We'll look into God. God's word will end with some worship. So that's kind of where we're going next hour or so. Uh, every Sunday we pray for the church of the week because there's a million plus people that aren't connected into any faith community around Tucson and Southern Arizona. And so we believe in the local church, not just our church. And so we want to pray for Desert Hope Lutheran, which Dave Drum is a really good friend, a great friend. In fact, he helps orchestrate a lot of the church domain. Uh, used to be with uh, for Tucson, but John 17 Ministries, he heads up. He's the interim pastor there at Desert Hope Lutheran. And so we're going to pray for Dave and his team and the church there as they're looking for a new pastor. So let's pray for them, pray for our night, and we'll dive in together. You guys ready? All right. You ready online? I can't hear you, but okay. Uh, here we go. So God, thanks for the opportunity just to gather as your church. God, we gather around Jesus, and we want to lift him up and worship here in a moment. We want to focus our attention in your direction. We're asking that your spirit would be loosed in a way to minister to hearts. God, every single one of us comes in here with a, a different reality of life that's happening around us. We're asking for your spirit to mingle with us and to meet us change us in the process. God, we lift up Desert Hope and uh, Pastor Dave as he's there, as he's the interim guy. Would you give them wisdom, discernment as they're looking for their next pastor? Would you bless Dave in his time as he invests in the people there? Would you continue to expand their reach and impact in their part of the city? God, we believe in the church. It's the vehicle you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And God, there's a lot of brokenness in the church, even ours. But God, we want to be healthy. We want to be people that are kind of those Tove kind of people, those Tove kind of churches that display your goodness to a world that needs more of that. And so God, would you mingle in our midst tonight? 
Would you allow us to experience your goodness? And would you change us in the process as we worship you? Jesus, we love you. We look to you. All this is for you. We pray it in your name. Amen. All right, Elements, how we doing tonight? Let's see those hands, come on.
Nothing. 
a prayer sing let there be light there be light open the eyes of the blind purify our hearts in your fire breathe in us we pray Jesus
shines in us there's no darkness in your way so have your way Lord have your way Father have your way We are your church, your people, Father, and we are on our knees. Father, we pray for your kingdom to come. That a light that is bright beyond all lights would bring revival to our friends, to our community, to our churches, to our nation, to our world. God, tonight I ask that every person who's walked through these doors be reminded that those of us who are empowered by your Holy Spirit, we bear the same light. So Lord, have your way in us, shine in us. Make us more like your son, Jesus. These are not deaf words, Father. May they come from a genuine spot. I pray that this church, this congregation would echo these words with me as we pray, Father, Lord, have your way in us. Because we may fall, we may fail, but we bear your light. And as we're given each brick, pray that we would build an incredible architecture of your kingdom here in Tucson to the best we can, the best, the best we can. Man, it won't always look perfect. 
But I pray for myself, Lord, when you give me a block, I pray I put it where you want it. And it's that simple. So may your spirit move in this place tonight, move through the words uh, that Jack's about to share with us, Father, that we might look a little bit more like your son when we walk out of those doors. And that maybe there's a little bit more kingdom outside those doors where we're at this week. Gosh, I praise you. You are so worthy of our praise. Move in this place tonight. We love you. Thank you for this church, for this family. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Amen. Well, if uh, you're tuning in online or here showing up for the first time, uh, welcome again. And we've been in this series called Tove, and you may be wondering what in the world does Tove mean. It means the goodness, uh, it's, it's a Hebrew word for the goodness of God. And, and as we start off a brand new year, it's kind of like this idea, we want to be healthy, we want to be good, we want to be good individuals, and we want to be a good church. We want to be a healthy church that kind of promotes the goodness of God. And, and, and today, I want to kind of recap a little bit of the series of where we've been and kind of dive into where we are going. But maybe I want to refresh your memory of something that we're going to wrestle with tonight with a simple commercial that you have probably seen. It is an AT&T commercial. Uh, I know there's many of them. But there's the one where they're like, okay, it's the same benefit for those who are current subscribers and new subscribers. And the little girl is there with her brother and she is handed the little lollipop and she says, you should get a good deal, right? And then she gets that, and then her brother gets the bigger lollipop, right? And what does she say right away? Hey, that's not fair. Because, like, these are not the same. We should get the same kind of deal. And that's what AT&T is kind of pitching. I don't know. How many of you have AT&T? Uh, one of you. Okay, perfect. So like the rest of you or everywhere else, but uh, this isn't a commercial for them. But this idea of fairness is something we all know, right? Like we want justice and what that little girl voices is what you have voiced in your own heart, in your own soul at different moments of your life. Hey, that's not fair. It's like this little sense of justice gets aggravated or riled up in you. We each have a justice meter where we're kind of ride or die with when we recognize when we're not treated fairly. It could be that when you're a kid, remember when you were a kid in the cafeteria at school and you were there with your tray kind of rolling down and your friend got like an extra scoop or an extra piece of pizza. Really pizza day was where this really came out. And they got like two pieces of pizza and you're like, hey, that's not fair. I only got one piece of pizza, right? And sure, yours might be a little bit bigger than the two. Like, but he got more in all that. And so like, there's this sense of justice. Anyone ever have this play out in their life? Maybe you've sensed this idea. It could be like when there's a transaction at the store and it went kind of weird and you felt like you got charged more than maybe you were supposed to or what you thought it was going to be. And maybe you kind of voiced your opinion. Or maybe it just yelled inside your heart, it's not fair, but you're not a confrontational person. And so, like, you just kind of ate it a little bit. And you're like, eh, I feel like I'm not getting treated well here. It could be when you're out to dinner with friends and the check comes and everybody splits it up, right? Anyone ever been in a big group where the one person doesn't tip? Ooh. 
And then you're the one with the engineer mind, and you're like, wait a minute, that means everyone should have done it. So-and-so didn't do the tip. Right? And like your mind just kind of goes there. Or maybe you've been in scenarios where uh, someone came to your house or to your apartment to do a job, and they just walked off. They didn't finish the job. And there's a part of in you that's just like, there's, there's justice, like it's got to be served here. There's not something right about this. We all internally have like this scales of justice in the back of our mind that is always weighing things out to say, hey, is this right? Is this fair? And we understand justice when we are, uh, when we face injustice, but the reality is those scales have a way of kind of playing out or, or impacting when uh, we kind of ignore the reality of maybe justice around us. If it doesn't affect us, then maybe we don't actually react. But we all have this idea of something not good happening. And, and so we want to live as people to promote justice even when it's outside of us and we're not affected by it. And I want you to keep that in mind as we kind of go back. Again, this series is about the goodness of God and how do, we good, uh, how do we become kind of people that live with this goodness of God? How do we become a church that flows with this goodness of God that's healthy and whole? Uh, the word tov appears over 400 times in the Old Testament. It's always referring to God's goodness. And we want to form ourselves as individuals and as a church where God would look at this group of people and say, they are tov. They're not perfect. You're not going to find a church that's perfect. You're not going to find a person. You're not going to be perfect. Neither am I. But for God to look at a group of people, look at your life as a whole and say, that's Tov. Tov is playing out in the fear of influence that they have. We've all witnessed when good is not the norm of a culture or an organization, or a group of people, and the great damage and pain that can occur when that plays out, when great harm that can happen to relationships, when abuse, or neglect, or indifference, or intimidation, or lies run rampant, or a celebrity culture shouts for loyalty over honesty. And we've seen it play out. We could all point to examples. We've probably all been affected by it. It happens in a world, it can happen in the church. See, Tov is not, is not a... Um, not a stagnant thing. It's an active thing. It's not passive. It can either be growing or it can be shrinking. It, it never stays still. And so we want to be a church. We want to be a people that continue to promote this idea of having the goodness of God promote in us. We introduced this uh, picture from the book. It's actually from this book, a church called Tove, that Scott McKnight wrote uh, with his daughter, Laura, and they kind of put this out just a few years ago, recommended if you want to read it. Uh, but he talks about just these character traits that build on one another. We looked at this idea of having an active empathy radar in week one, kind of growing our empathy and compassion. We talked about being choosing as followers of God to, to be grace-filled, and we value people, and we don't treat people as projects. We want to nurture truth. That's kind of what we looked at last week, that we want to be people who tell the truth to ourselves and tell the truth in community, not allow false narratives or lies to influence or infiltrate our relationships. And today, I'm going to look at this idea of how do we seek justice and look to serve, that a Tove kind of person or a Tove kind of culture is always seeking justice on behalf of people and is looking to serve and bless people. This idea of we want to nurture justice and service. We want to resist faulty loyalty and unhealthy celebrity toxicity. 
that in a Tov church culture, justice, doing the right thing at the right time in the right way, is the leading theme. In a toxic culture, loyalty to a leader or to a brand often takes precedence over honesty. And things can go subversive underneath and get quieted and stilled and kind of washed over, and we've all watched it happen at times. We don't want to value loyalty more than honesty in our relationships or our family or our organizations. That's why truth has to be championed in it. Loyalty can cover over dishonest things and actions, while honesty seeks to bring truth to light for the betterment of all people. Tov cultures are loyal to a higher power, the Almighty God, which means a higher standard of honesty and integrity and justice and righteousness. Uh, Christian justice often is kind of expressed in a, in a potent warning that Jesus gives. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, he says this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, what he's saying is there is this scale, and, and the truth is you're never going to get there on your own in your own efforts, and that's why you need the grace of Jesus to cover that for you and to carry you beyond what you can do on your own. But the reality is there is a world system, a structure that's placed up that wants to measure and rank, and the truth is we always fall short of that. Jesus is calling us to behave in ways that measure up and conform to his teachings, which is beyond maybe what the world says, live this way. Jesus is calling us higher and to a higher purpose in that. Uh, the little Greek word here for righteousness is this idea of translated justice often. Uh, for Jesus, a righteous person is someone who follows his teaching. It's a just person. A Tov culture has an instinct for doing the right thing even in the most challenging moments. But toxic cultures, they often find a way around doing the right thing. Because we can maneuver and we can shift and we can move the narrative a little bit. This Greek word is the idea of justification also. It's not this idea of earning and earning and earning. It actually puts us back in the, the frame of understanding the grace that we've been given in Jesus. See, in Christian theology, God comes first. God alone is tov. He is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And so in his goodness, he sets the pattern. We are to follow in suit and to have our heart formed more, his heart formed more and more into us, that we become reflections of that toe. But it's only through God's grace, his salvation, his justification in Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we can be know God's grace, first off, that we can be just or righteous before God, that we can be tov, and then we can actually do what's right. We can do justice. Uh, Paul kind of captures this in his famous little paragraph he has to the book, uh, to the church in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians. He says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you've done. This isn't about stacking up enough good things so that no one can boast about it. You are God's masterpiece. He's created you anew in Christ Jesus so that now you can go do the good things that he planned well in advance for you to do. It, it all starts and ends with God. And now it's him forming his heart more and more within us to be people of justice, to put it in a formula in a way. Justice means that we're empowered through the spirit to do the right thing, and the right thing is always what Jesus teaches and what he modeled. 
It's to live more and more the way of Jesus. How many of you grew up, uh, you're maybe a little bit older, and you grew up with the WWJD bracelets that you saw active around you? Anyone know what that means? What would Jesus do? Not Jordan. What would Jordan, no, what would Jesus do uh, would be the thing. And you would, that would be, and I actually think that's a decent principle to actually live your life by. That's why it was a popular thing back when I was in college. And, and this reminder of people, like the Good Samaritan, Jesus is one of his most famous parables. It's a person who sees the right thing to do and then actually does it. We, we see an injustice and we intervene in an appropriate way, and we offer compassionate care when it's needed. Remember the Good Samaritan story? Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 20, uh, 37. If you have your uh, app, you can open it up and go to sermon notes and follow along with us. But the parable of the Good Samaritan starts, Jesus, is, it's the setup to this, is they're trying to trap him, and he's going to tell this story, but let's see the setup first. One, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. That's the point of how this all starts. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. This is the only time where Jesus says, yes, you got it. That's the point. That's what you're to do, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. But verse 29 is where things go south. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor then? Like, how far does this go? Like, is it just the immediate family that I have to do this with? Is it, how far is the reach, the ripple effect of living this kind of way? And then Jesus tells a story about a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, which sounds like a joke. They don't walk into a bar, but the reality is they're walking down the street, and he tells this whole story, right? You remember this story. If you've never heard it, the quick recap is basically this priest is making his way down to Jericho, and he sees this guy who's been beaten up and left half dead on the side of the road, and because he doesn't want to contaminate himself, because he's on the way to do religious activities at the temple, and he, he will become contaminated if he touches blood and interferes and intervenes in this scenario, and so he crosses to the other side and keeps going. The Levite is also a person who uh, has a job there at the temple and he sees the same thing and he steps to the other side of the road and moves on. And then the Samaritan, at this point, people would have been like, ooh. Because like the Samaritans like, were the arch enemies of the Jewish people. The Samaritan sees this reality and he crosses to the side of the road where the injustice has happened, and he intervenes, and he helps, and he takes this person, he cares for them, he actually sets up a tab at the local hotel and hospital that he drops them off at, and he intervenes and helps nurse him back to health and get him back on where he needs to be. He intervenes, he intercepts the situation, and does something about it. Jesus ends the story asking the lawyer a question now. Uh, which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And then in verse 37, Jesus' statement, go and do likewise. Not go and believe that, 
but like, go and do that. You make this a rhythm of how you live life. We want our lives to tell stories of those kind of things where we stepped up and intervened in a way where we saw injustice happen. We saw someone hurting on the side of the road. We got to intervene in a way. Well, Jack, how do you supposed to, our world has many, many problems. Yeah, I get it. It's overwhelming. I didn't ask you to fix every scenario on every road on every continent in the world. But do you notice the people on the side of your road? Do I notice the people on the side of my road? That's the story. Jesus is saying, listen, you're not going to see everything that's out there, but do you see what's crossing your path? Go and do likewise. See, when you are a Tove person, when you create a Tove kind of culture within a church, an organization, a setting, a group of people, and then you are on the lookout for the people who are being looked over and passed by. And you begin to figure out ways where you can step up and step into opportunities to make a difference. That's one of the reasons we're doing Serve Sunday is the opportunity for us to say, hey, as we decentralize this, let's, in your group settings and you as a family, you as an individual, you with maybe a couple other individuals, you and your e-group, what are some ways that you can step up, step forward, and actually intervene in a way that actually helps people around you? Now, again, if you're looking for a place to serve here in a couple weeks, remember, we're not meeting here in a couple Sundays, You'll be lonely if you come here at 5 o'clock on February 13th. So serve somewhere in the morning, watch online, and then join us back February 20th. But serve Sundays, we're going to go be the church, not just gather as the church. And so we're going to step up, step forward, and help create some more stories. So like our e-group is doing something at a group home, and we're trying to make a difference there. I've heard other people talk about different stories that you're kind of do. We've got opportunities at Gospel Rescue Mission, which again, in the app, you can sign up. We'll take the first 35. That could be a part of that. That's an agency that's stepping up and stepping forward and doing a lot of good in our world, in our city, in our road. They're helping meet the needs of real people. And, and so find ways that you can do that, that you can be a part of this. N.T. Wright, in his book, uh, Simply Christian, kind of pens these words, this longing of justice, this idea of, hey, that's not fair. Like, we all know that, and we feel it in our gut at different times. He writes about this longing for justice that we all have, that it comes with being, kind of, it comes in the kit of being human. We all experience this, and we understand what it is to strive for justice and to often fail to achieve it. We, we fall short sometimes, and we want to fix it. And we live in a world, he says this, where you fall off your bicycle, you break your leg, you go to the hospital, they fix it, you stagger around on crutches for a while, and then you gather kind of gingerly, and you begin to walk normally again. There is such a thing as putting things back right, of fixing it, of getting back on track. And you can fix a broken leg, a broken toy, a broken television. So why can't we seem to fix the injustice that happens around us? And there's an ache there that I think we all feel and we all sense. We all see it at times. And so how do you fix that? And oftentimes people get to a stance where they say, well, I can't fix it, so I'll just stop trying. Have you ever found yourself there? I, 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 think, I think for often, 
for people who call themselves followers of Jesus. Uh, we keep bumping into injustice, and we can name some of the injustices. Uh, we all see it at times. And often we can begin to turn a blind eye to it because we just feel like, well, I can't fix it, I can't solve it, and so you just stop trying. Yet in spite of not being able to fix it, here's what N.T. Wright says. Christians believe because all humans have heard deep within themselves this echo of a voice which calls to us to live, to dream for justice. And as followers of Christ, to believe that in Jesus, that voice became human and did what needed to be done to bring it about that justice is possible because of Jesus. And the truth and hope of the anchor of Christianity is that one day, God will set all things right. He will one day. And we may not be at that day, and so we see the injustice that happens around us, and God, I can't fix everything. And we become annoyed, and it's easy to almost want to quit. But the truth is, friends, You are an active agent for God and his good in this world. So you don't quit. Christians are not quitters. Followers of Jesus continue to follow Jesus. And where does Jesus go? He goes to where the injustice is happening, and he steps up, and he steps forward, and he steps into making a difference. We see it all over his life. And so as a follower of Jesus, if that's you, Friend, don't quit. You may not be able to fix every issue there is, and there may be some injustices that you can't solve, but can you do something for someone? Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. We say that a lot around here, and we really mean it. Like, we mean that you, as the church, when you leave here in half an hour, like, you're the church. Like, you're sent on mission. You're an active agent for God and his good in this world. You are sent to be a representative of Jesus wherever you go. And you can step up. You can notice the side of the road. And you don't have to cross over to the other side and keep going and doing what you're going to do. You can see and go, I'm going to step forward and step in and step up and try to do something to bring some aid and help. You remember in our series last fall, in Micah 6, 8, one of the calls of that verse is to act justly. Justice is doing the right thing at the right time. To the best of your ability, to do the right thing at the right time. And we each have a choice we talked about. We can be stewards of just us, that's the framework and the, the filter of how we just see life where it's just about us. And so I don't look to other issues. I don't see anybody else. I don't look on the side of the road because I'm just focused about me. Or we can be stewards of justice. It says, I'm gonna step forward and try to come to the aid and help of the people around me. Not just when I become, when I face an injustice, but when I see it and I'm able to meet that need, I'm gonna step forward and help with that. In a world with ever-widening gaps, where it seems the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, the lonelier get lonelier, the left out get left behind, the overlooked get swept under. Will it be just us? Or will we be advocates and stewards of justice? To the best we can, 
in the moments we're in, to have an alert mind and an eye to join God in bringing his hope and help into situations and people's lives as we can. You can't fix everything for everyone, but you can do something for someone. Don't quit. A person who is a follower of Jesus just keeps seeking justice, keeps following after Jesus into those places where we act justly each day in each conversation in each interaction. We do the right thing at the right time, the best we know how with Jesus leading the way. We do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. We remember the golden rule that Jesus gave us in Luke 6.31, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Maybe that could be a simple framework for us to pray into and wrestle with. Do I want to respond to this scenario and this situation because this is what I want? Or if I'm on the other end, how would I want to be treated? Do for others what you'd like them to do to you. As you continually seek justice as a follower of Jesus, we, we kind of turn and look outward to seek to serve others, to have a mindset that is serving is way different than the American dream of achieving a life where I get served. And that's part of the American dream. Listen, there isn't anything completely wrong with that, but there is a tension that we can't ignore. That so much in our culture pulls us to say, get to a place, achieve to a place where everything can be about you and you can get served. When the reality is the life of following Jesus is a life of serving. That's what he modeled. That's what he calls his followers to. And that is a tension that doesn't go away. In fact, that's a tension that started a long time ago. We see it highlighted in the first disciples of Jesus. Jesus realized that his closest followers were in a contest of seeking honor and fame and jockeying for the closest seats around him in the kingdom of God. And they wanted to be lifted up And he said, listen, I've come to embody something different. Here's what he said to his first followers, what he says to you and to me today. Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45. You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people. Officials flaunt their authority over them as they're under them. But among you, it will be the same? No. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was completely against the celebrity culture that was so quickly forming around his earliest followers. And friends, if we're honest, We live in a culture that likes to promote the same kind of thing. Humanity has not changed all that much. We may have different technology, and we may have different advancements, but humanity is humanity. And often the pull within us is to create this celebrity culture within our own minds and within our own lives and our own organizations and even our own churches. That's still strong today. Dr. Scott McKnight writes this, the temptation here is obvious. Self-concern and self-care must be balanced by an other's orientation or we will become self-intoxicated celebrities in our own minds.
This is why the pull of the scriptures, this is why the pull of Jesus is if you're gonna follow me, then it ain't all about you. It's gotta be about serving others. This is why we serve. It's why we give opportunities to serve within the church. It's why we do serve Sunday. Why? Because we want you to be formed in the way of Jesus, not the way of the world. I need that, you need that, to live the best possible life that Jesus invites us to. See, a life of service to others is not heroic from a kingdom of God perspective. It's actually meant to be normal. We often think, oh, if I serve others, I'm a hero. No, no, like, okay, that's nice that you did that, but like, this is meant to be normal. And we live in a culture where it's not normal because it's usually just about us and not an other's orientation. It's ordinary people helping ordinary people who happen to be in their path on the side of the road and they're traveling life around. It's a family serving family, a neighbor helping a neighbor. It's ordinary pastors serving ordinary folks in the congregation and ordinary church folks helping ordinary other church folks and non-church folks alike. It's doing the very ordinary yet vital, necessary things for others that looks out for them. And we are often too tempted to try and appear heroic and to glorify celebrity, like, oh, look how awesome I am. And yet the foundation of a life of Jesus is, oh, I just live this way because this is how my Savior lived. I didn't come to be served, Jesus said. I've come to serve. This is just the way of Jesus. It's kind of the way we do things. And so to be a Tove kind of culture, a Tove kind of person, and giving our lives away in service is the way of Jesus, and it's meant to be normal. It's just how I live and how I go about it. That doesn't mean I don't take time for self-care. doesn't mean I don't take time for refueling. You need that. I need that. It doesn't mean that I always pour out and I never take in. But it is this idea that I don't make a celebrity big deal about it. I just do this because it's the way of Jesus. And it's what he calls us to. Here's a couple simple questions to wrestle with. Does your heart break for the things that break God's heart? Does your heart break for the things that break God's heart? That's a question that's worthy of contemplation and prayer. Because that's the kind of heart you want to have God's heart kind of formed in you. Our faith is incomplete without a broken heart for the poor and the oppressed and the hurting and those who have needs around us. They are not meant to be ignored. They're meant to be seen. Do you see them? Do I see them? Do you find ways where you can step up and step forward into that? Not for everyone, but can you do something for someone? That's the challenge. Does your empathy radar, what we talked about the very first week, does it go off? Does it become an indicator to like, hey, here's an opportunity to serve someone, to bless someone? Or do you ignore that? Do you turn the volume down so you don't hear it because you don't want to be inconvenienced? Listen, the older I get, the more I follow Jesus. I just got to tell you, the way of Jesus is inconvenient. It just is. The way of Jesus is inconvenient. And if you are bent on just having convenience in life, then friend, you will wrestle being a follower of Jesus. 
You just look through the gospel stories and these early disciples were inconvenienced all the time. But it's in the middle of the inconvenience where they grew and they adopted the heart of Jesus more and more. And their lives became enriched by it. What are you missing out on? What enrichment into your life are you missing out on because you're so focused on being convenient in life? That's an honest question. Again, you can't fix everything for everyone, but can you do something for someone? Do you notice the person? See, here's the truth, the takeaway. If you're seeking Jesus, you're seeking justice, and you're looking to serve. Jesus said, I've come not to be served, but to serve. It was his ordinary outlook. Tove, the goodness of God is meant to be an ordinary, natural thing, an overflow of the heart of God being formed within me. We need some more spiritually, uh, kind of the spirituality of ordinariness. We don't need celebrity. We don't need to toot our own horn. What we need is just for this to become normal and ordinary, that I, I look to serve. And, and when I see an injustice, I, if I could do something about it, I'd do something about it. And I try to step forward and step up into those moments that God brings across my path because it's on that road, your road, my road. It's not every road, but it's your road, my road. And God, would you steer me today to see what you see, to step forward where you're calling? That like the good Samaritan, maybe we would ask, who's in my path? Who needs my help? What if you started every day like that? Like, who's in my path? Who needs my help? God, who can we help today? Because you don't do this on your own. You're doing it with the Holy Spirit. Maybe the prayer is, God, today, would you help me to see who you want me to serve with your love? Maybe that is your guiding prayer. Here's the challenge. What if you just lived this week with that as your prayer? Every day, God, who would you like me to serve with you, your love? And just be on the lookout for how God might steer you to seek justice, to step into scenarios and situations where you can help, uh, to maybe see opportunities where you can serve. And yes, maybe it'll be a little bit of an inconvenience for you, but I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Jesus is the one who said, you are blessed when you serve, not when you're served. You're the one who gets blessing from that. So friends, what if, if we, as the agents of God and his good in the world, wanted to become more tov? And one of those ways is just to live with this prayerful attitude. God, would you help me to notice what you notice? Would you help me to step forward and step into realities and situations that you steer across my path where I can do something about it? So God, that's what we pray for. We're gonna close in a worship song here, but we just wanna maybe pause. God, it's so easy in our, our culture. It, it pulls us to make everything just about us. Like, that's the natural drift of the world and the culture in which we all tread. That's where it so easily goes unless we choose something different. So God, we want to be Tove kind of people.
We want to be a Tove kind of church that says, God, who do you want us to serve and to help and to seek justice on behalf of? Would you expand our dreams and our visions for who we can help, God? God, one of the ways we do that is through the second Saturday food distribution, just trying to help people. Serve Sunday is another opportunity that's coming up. But God, we want to be those active agents for your good in the world everywhere we go. And that's so much easier to do it when we all live that way. Because you've all got us on different roads. Each one of us here, each one of us watching online is on a different road. And you're going to see things that you can respond to that I'll never notice. That God's not calling me to respond to, but he's calling you. So God, would you help break our hearts with the things that break your heart? Would you help us to even see where the injustices are, where the help is needed, where the hurting are, on our road? We can't fix everything for everyone, but can you help us do something for someone? And I pray that each day this week, you would give us an alertness you would raise up the, the tension within our empathy radar to indicate and to blink, hey, here's the situation. Hey, here's a need. Hey, here's where I'm at work. Would you join me? Holy Spirit, would you raise us up to be those kind of people, to be that kind of church, to the best of our ability, to put your goodness on display that people would bump into it and go, there's something about those people we'd be able to say, you got to know our Savior. He didn't come to to be served. He came to serve. And so I just, I kind of live this way because it's the way of Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. Jesus, I thank you that you saw us in our need, in our brokenness, on the side of our road, and that you came and you sought us and you brought the healing and help that we needed. May we become the kind of people like Jesus, where that's the way we just live. Captured my 
Jericho Come and tear down my walls I'm in your hands You are the promised land You are the king of my heart is weak he's gonna help us see you are all that I need you are all that I not standing yet, if you would stand with us, one of the beautiful things about worship is that we get to unify and sing as one. And I want us to sing this one last time as a church and sing with all we've got. This is what we want to be about. Amen. Let's do this.
heart abandoned and worship. See, worship isn't just a song we sing. It's leaning into the very presence of who God is and his presence mingling with us and changing us in the process. So in a moment, we're going to be dismissed and you get to go be the church. We said that last week. We're saying it this week. We'll probably say it every week because it's the truth. And to be a Tove kind of person, to be a part of a Tove kind of church is we're trying to put the goodness of God on display in the way that we live. We said the very first week, <clears throat> this idea of part of the beauty of our theology is the truth we hold on to and that we can put on display. Part of the danger of our theology is when we're a jerk and we put that on display. And so the challenge for us is to, hey, how do we seek justice? How do we how do we help? And so look for ways this week. On your road, not someone else's, yours. And then step forward in that. Say, God, help me to live that way. I bet it'll be an adventure. Will you be inconvenienced? Maybe. Will you enjoy the process of what God does in your heart and into your life as you do that? I guarantee it. So do it. And so friends, uh, it's great to gather with you. Um, Every Sunday uh, we get to do this, which we hope it's kind of like this emotional pit stop that fuels you up spiritually to send you out to be the church. And so thanks for being a part of it tonight. Thanks for tuning in online. We do giving around here a little bit different. We don't pass a plate, but we got boxes in the back. A lot of folks give online. So if you're new around here, we just encourage you to maybe at some point in there, if you want to be a part of kind of helping us do church, um, it takes real money to do real ministry. So thanks for being a part of that. And we get to support those things. So a couple different things, again, serve Sunday. Check out the app for that. If you want to serve with us at Gospel Rescue Mission, you can sign up right in the app. We sent a link to you who are our amazing volunteers. You're the all-stars around here. We sent a link, email link to you this last week. Please check the email for that. We want to celebrate you the end of February. All the information is also in the app if you're a volunteer around here. Uh, we also sent out links to our giving statements from last year. Uh, I know some of you are doing taxes. Yay, tax season. Uh, like if if you want that, we send a link where you can access that. They'll be available next week. Matt will have them here printed out if you need that. Um, and yeah, so if you are new, I'd love the opportunity to meet you. Uh, if you're new online, we'd love to meet you. Fill out the connection card. We'll be able to follow up with you that way. But if you're here in the house, we got a 10-minute party. It lasts 10 minutes. Um, and uh, we've got the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon there waiting for you. We'd love to meet you and welcome you here and have you be a part just to hear your story a little bit. So may you go in God's grace, whether you're online or here, you are now being sent and commissioned to be the church, to seek justice, to look to serve. And may you be surprised at how God blesses your life as you live mission. Bless you, friends. We'll see you next week.